Welcome everyone to What Did I Just Watch, a podcast that doesn't do well in confined spaces, which is ironic given the circumstances we are in right now. I am your host, Andrew, and this is episode 44. How is everyone doing? Hopefully you had a great week. We got lots to talk about, some very interesting news to talk about, as always, our What Did I Just Watch week, which is packed full of stuff to talk about, our very handful of not-so-60-second review, and a very, very interesting as seen on a Saturday night. So, let's jump right into it, to our first segment, which is our interesting news for the week of January 10th, 2022, starting with some of the box office news. So, this week, we got a handful of movies that were released in theaters. First one is in a wide release format, and it is the next in the franchise of Scream. It's just simply called Scream, as in the original name. You know, they. Uh, we believe this is the fifth entry into the franchise, not counting the MTV TV show, but we have yet to watch it as of this recording, but we will watch it, and as always, we will let you know what our thoughts are after we watch it. So yeah, wide release. Check it out if you're a fan of the Scream franchise, and looks to be interesting. So the next movie is in a limited capacity, and it is a movie called Bell, and it's it looks fantastic. It's an animation from G Kids, that's their distribu- distributor or production company. But it's a very it looks from the way it was described, and we actually haven't seen it yet, so we'll talk about it maybe next week because we'll probably have a chance to watch it after uh, next week. But it's build as a modern beauty and the beast type of story so that should be a very interesting premise and what reels you in to watch it the it deals with technology and the the social media aspect of today's world so it should make for some very interesting story storytelling with some beautiful animations judging from from what we saw in the trailer But that's about it. Those are the only two big movies that we wanted to talk about that were released in theaters this week. So let's move on to some of the big movie and TV headlines we saw this past week. So starting with our weekly MCU news, which is No Way Home continues to make a lot of money at the box office. So I'm pretty sure Marvel Studios and Sony Pictures are very happy about that. And... Yeah, that's the only kind of MCU news we have this week and nothing other than that. So for those who have seen it, hope you enjoyed it. For those who uh, have seen it and didn't enjoy it, that's that's all right. It's not your cup of tea. But hey, we all got to find our cup of tea somewhere. So let's move on to our film news for this week. And with that, we got the first bit of news being Aquaman 2 has wrapped filming and James Wan celebrated by kind of posting a picture of Patrick Wilson, Jason Momoa, and James Wan himself in a pose where Patrick Wilson is showering, using a shower head to spray them with water. It's hilarious, and we can't wait to see it. We love Patrick Wilson and Yaya in the first Aquaman, and we can't wait to see more of them too, and mainly Yaya stepping into the spotlight as the main baddie, Black Manta. Next bit of movie news is the star 
of the Batgirl movie, Leslie Grace has shared a first official look at the Batgirl costume, also known as Barbara Gordon Batgirl. And it's pretty awesome. It's really dope. And we can't wait to see it in action. And it looks dope. It looks like a kind of uh, air pilot suit or someone who's in the Air Force kind of suit. And it's like a like a one-piece zip-up and it looks really dope and we can't wait to see it it although we have to say the helmet connection looks very close to the Robert Pattinson like the it has the really deep cheeks or at least it cuts into close to the ears as opposed to like the Batfleck mouthpiece or at least the part where the chin shows his it shows from like from corner of the lips or corner of the mouth to mouth and then that's where it cuts off and Robert Pattinson it kind of exposes more of the cheeks and and the side of the face closer to the ear so it, it looks more reminiscent to the Pattinson style bat suit but that's neither here or there it's just our deep observation of the suit but it looks great nonetheless she's a very beautiful girl and we hope she makes a great uh, entry into the DCEU as Barbara Gordon aka Batgirl. The next bit of news is the Batman has been given a rating and it is exactly what you think it is because it will not be a rated R because how will it make its money and it will not be PG because you know it has some dark stuff known from what we've seen in the trailer it is PG-13 and not that shocking it will be for Strong, violent, and disturbing content, drug content, strong language, and some suggestive material. So, obviously, from the trailer, we can tell it's a darker vibe and atmosphere and some kind of harsh reality-type stuff that will be talked about and shown. So, But not to the point where you see blood and gore or head decapitation That's that would push for the R. I'm assuming that they wouldn't want the R anyways because... Batman and that type of violence doesn't exactly go together and I guess this is this is the right amount of boundary pushing that they could probably get with uh, IP like Batman. So very excited to to watch this movie because it's probably the biggest one coming up so far or at least the next big movie coming up that we have our sights on so can't wait to check it out and if you don't know it will be hitting theaters on March 4th 2022 so We'll see when tickets are up for people to buy. The next bit of movie news is Netflix is doubling down and will be filming sequels for Red Notice starring Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds back-to-back. So we're getting two more sequels to Red Notice and they'll be filmed back-to-back, which sounds like a strain, but usually, we don't know. Um, Lord of the Rings did it. The Hobbit did it. And Avengers Endgame and Infinity War didn't do it, but they were kind of filmed with like a quick little break in between. So who knows, maybe back-to-back film productions are more financially responsible? Who knows? But we'll see when more news comes out about these two sequels, so we'll keep you up to date on that. Next bit of movie news is a movie called Boy Kills World that is produced by Sam Raimi has unfortunately lost Samara Weaving as the lead, but it has gained Jessica Roth as as the replacement. So Samara Weaving couldn't 
joined the production because of just scheduling conflicts, which is unfortunate because she's a super talented lady. And but you know, Jessica Roth is no no chump either. She's fantastic in Happy Death Day uh, one and two. So you know, we love those two films. And yeah, uh, either way, you know, if they could find a way to incorporate Samira Weaving into a smaller role in the in the movie, maybe that would be even more excellent. But a little kind of log line about this movie boy kills world a one-of-a-kind action spectacle set in a dystopian fever dream reality boy is a deaf mute with a vibrant imagination when his family is murdered boy escapes to the jungle and is trained by a mysterious shaman to repress his childish imagination and become an instrument of death so no release day on this but sounds very enticing and we'll keep you up to date and when we get more news about this film. Next bit of movie news is a Final Destination 6 is in the works. And John Watts, who is the director of the Spider-Man Home Trilogy, will be producing. So if you are not aware, Final Destination is sort of the... it was You can kind of classify it as a horror movie, but it kind of ventures into comedy because of how ridiculous some of the death is all you need to know is is basically saw but less gruesome and a little bit more funnier and it's it makes for like some shocking deaths and it's not known for its gore it's just more of its ridiculous ways of killing off people on screen and it's super silly so that's why we said it's venturing into more comedy because of you know sometimes death is not exactly an easy topic to deal with so the best way to make it lighthearted is to kind of make it just so ridiculous that's not actually possible in real life and that at that point it pushes it past the horror and scary into just comedy and kind of you want to laugh because it's so so impossible that you just you just giggle but yeah it's we have only seen the first handful of final destinations and we don't recall anything other than one person working out there there was one death where a person was working out in a gym and the heavy weights kept clanging so hard that it vibrated up towards the wall which hung two very misplaced swords that eventually one rep where he clanged down the weights it, it once it clanged it caused the vibration to go up and uh, kind of unhinged the swords and it sliced some of the cables and then it was like a Rube Goldberg sort of machinery where eventually two big heavyweights come down and <laughs> comedically squish the guy's head who was working out and it's it's so silly and the the funny part is, is the Rube Goldberg like machine and kind of tracking shot of how everything just fell one after another into the eventual climax of the guy's head getting squished like a watermelon which is very hilarious and if you can find it it's probably either final destination two or three we believe so if you want to check it out check it out but yeah final destination six is on the way so more creative deaths for for the win and some let's see some of the creative minds at work for some of this goofiness so the next a Quiet Place movie will be helmed by Michael Sarnowski, and he recently made a movie that we highly enjoyed called Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. But you know, this is promising. You know, he sounds he sounds to be like a great fit because of just the tone of Pig was very kind of 
dour and down and just very kind of upsetting and there's quite a bit of tension so that kind of fits the A Quiet Place vibe and tone and atmosphere of that world so very very excited to see what he brings to the table and no no other news other than he's directing and John Krasinski is probably involved with providing some ideas of the story so we'll see how it goes and we'll of course keep you updated when more news flows in the next bit of news is the raid remake will be coming to Netflix and Michael Bay will be producing. So The Raid is an Indonesian action flick which was absolutely fantastic that came back in 2011 and we love that film and the sequel The Raid 2 uh, Bernthal and it's two very great action flicks and it caught a lot of flack when they planned to remake it and this is the remake that is catching a lot of flack because trying to take it something that's pretty original and almost iconic and a masterpiece where any kind of replication of it will just look horrible in comparison so and it doesn't help that and there's not any flack to Michael Bay but Michael Bay known for Transformers isn't exactly a <laughs> the perfect fit for a film like this but who knows maybe they'll surprise us and we'll see so of course, this isn't going to be set in Indonesia. It's actually going to be set in Philadelphia. So the Badlands area and involves DEA task force pushing through a slew of cartel informants to take down a kingpin. So that sounds very similar to the Indonesian 2011 version. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, we'll keep you updated when any more news comes flowing through. And the next bit of news will be our TV news headlines. And we are starting with a new trailer. So Bel Air, which is a makeover and kind of remake or reboot of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air starring Will Smith. This is, we got a trailer for it. It's very moody and very drum, a dramatic take on it. So we're actually personally looking forward to seeing it because it's kind of like a new take and you know it's kind of a lose-lose situation for no no matter what they do because the original Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is so beloved and anything that they do will pale in comparison and then you know when you don't go the comedy route of the original you're gonna get lambasted because of how oh you're not sticking to the source material but you know it's a lose-lose situation so we're of the mindset that will support whatever they do at they have the blessing of Will Smith to spin a new take on this kind of story. So we were looking forward to seeing it and it will be debuting on the Peacock streaming service February 13th. So check it out. Bel Air, the trailer is up. So if you want to take a look at it, it's 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 very interesting. So it definitely piqued our interest. The next bit of news is the White Lotus season two has casted Aubrey Plaza and we're very excited. So, The White Lotus was like a kind of getaway TV show, and there was some dr drama, murder mystery type bits in there, and it was very interesting watch. And it just it just showcases just horrible people doing horrible things and the lessons they try to learn and stuff like that. So, Aubrey Plaza very funny in a lot of the stuff that she's in. So the only thing about this show or season two is that Jennifer Coolidge will be returning for 
season two and she's the only person returning everyone else isn't so you know for the sake of spoilers we're not going to tell you what happened in season one you could check it out yourselves but yeah aubrey plaza will make for a great great addition to season two of the white lotus so check it out if you haven't already season one we believe is on the hbo max streaming service so yeah it, it makes for a great you know six episode watch through and the last bit of news for this week is the last of us hbo tv series has casted storm reed as a character from the game dlc so we played the game but we actually haven't played the dlc so we're not too familiar with her character but she'll be playing a character called riley able in the dlc for the last of us and she is a kind of friend and companion that kind of bonded with ellie during her younger years so look forward to seeing that kind of dynamic explored and you know see where that goes it's the show i mean the video game is a very tragic video game this storytelling wise so it's just going to be very heartbreaking for us to see these characters that will probably love and cherish and just break our hearts in two so thank you last of us we do not look forward to that but in reality we kind of are so but yeah, that is it for this week's interesting news for the week of January 10th. So let's move on to our next segment, which is our What Did I Just Watch Week, which is a segment where we talk about all the recent movies, films, and television shows, and anything that we consumed, and give our quick thoughts, reviews, and commentary on said stuff that we have just consumed. So the first thing that we saw is the tragedy of Macbeth and we're actually going to be talking about that in our not so 60 second review for this week so stick around in a little bit to hear more about that and our next thing that we saw is a journal for Jordan and that will also be in our not so 60 second review in just a short bit so a little quick trivia for those two films they both involve Denzel Washington. So, Tragedy Macbeth, Denzel is in front of the camera. A journal for Jordan, Denzel is behind the camera. Look at him flexing that filmmaking skills because he is a stud. So, next thing that we saw is Don John. So, this was kind of our rewatch and research for our previous episodes. So, you know our thoughts on that. We we love it how silly it is, but also just how kind of emotional and how deep it actually got and serious about some serious subjects. So it's it it's very pleasant and just nice to watch that a film like this can go the route that it did. The next thing that we saw is Bo Burnham inside. So this will we will we'll, uh, talk about more in our not so sixty second review, but this was a trip. So we'll we'll talk more about that in our not so sixty second review. But yeah, that is it for movies. So our TV shows. First TV show we saw is a TV show called Pivoting, and it's actually a very quite quirky and very interesting TV show because of the premise. So it talks about three friends trying to move on after one of their best friends passed away and they don't know what to do so it's basically three women have an existential crisis after something tragic happens and one decides to change career one decides to kind of 
pay more attention to her family and her kids. And one decides to kind of take charge of her own life and, you know, uh, do what she wants and get what she wants and just being just being being herself and not not you know living up to someone's standards and living up to her own so just taking charge and being independent and it's very inspiring and we we love to see it and you know it's it's very it's more of a comedy than it is a drama when we start off with the when we let off with the premise that one of their best friends died they they make it in a way where it's it's not too sad but you kind of get in the feels a little bit so the next show that we watched is Blackish the season premiere just uh, just dropped? So season eight, their final season. It's a great show. Anthony Anderson, Tracy Ellis Ross, everyone else on the cast. Lawrence Fishburne, absolutely fantastic. And we've been actually the staple in our watch watch through for the past eight years, and we we love watching it. So it's great, very very great. Anthony Anderson, fantastic. Next TV show is The Goldbergs, another one of our staples for the past nine years that we've been watching, and you know. They've lost some cast members, but um, they're sticking it through. This might be their last season. Who knows? But we'll see. We'll see. Next thing that we saw is... Oh boy, we forgot this actually released this week. Peacemaker, starring John Cena and is a continuation of the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad left off with Peacemaker surviving and kind of venturing off and finding where he fits in the world and whether he... Is he what his father made him or is he going to be someone different and have his own identity? Because it, it, we don't want to get into spoilers. We got we to gotta stop that. But it, it's just about trying to be... Can, can he be himself or uh, can he find himself without having to... Okay, this is difficult to just even talk about without spoiling anything. But we'll, we'll put it this way. Who is Peacemaker? That that's basically what the show is. Because within within the Suicide Squad, he he kind of made some bad choices and he has some regretful decisions. And this show is about making those decisions, and they could be catastrophic if he makes the the wrong choices. So let's just put it that way. And you know, the last three shows are kind of something we've been watching the past couple weeks, and something we mentioned. So, Young Sheldon have been a staple again for the past five years. Continue to watching it because it's just a great addition to the Big Bang Theory lore. And then next show is Ghost, which is that quirky show about the premise of a girl could see, or a wife can see some ghost while the husband can't, and it makes for some very interesting interactions. And the ghost could do kind of silly stuff. And then the last thing we saw is Pivoting, which is the uh, episode 2, uh, a continuation of that show. And still great and still very silly. And we should also mention Maggie Q is in it, who we absolutely adore and love. So, But that is it for this week's What Did I Just Watch week. So with that, let's move in to our next segment, which is our weekly pickups, which unfortunately we didn't pick anything up this week. So let's skip to the next segment which is our not-so-60-second review, and that is a segment where we talk about a recently released film, whether it's in theaters or on a streaming service, and we give our quick thoughts, comments, and reactions to said film that we saw and what we thought about it. So this week, we got three films to talk about. We got The Tragedy of Macbeth, A Journal for Jordan, and Bo Burnham, 
colon, inside. So the first one is The Tragedy of Macbeth, and we'll give you a little logline for this film, which is a Scottish lord becomes convinced by a trio of witches that he will become the next king of Scotland, and his ambitious wife supports him in his plans of seizing power. So, a couple things about this film. First one is very important. When you watch this film, it's in 4 by 3 ratio aspect. It's in black and white, and... On top of that, when you watch it, it makes you feel like you're dreaming or hallucinating because there is sort of like an ethereal-like feel or at- to the atmosphere where when you look at the characters and then what you look in the background or unconsciously look in the background, it feels like that it's a weird floating imagery and you feel like you something doesn't seem right. Like it, there's a sense of, again, that it's a dream and that you are kind of not really awake but at the same time it's kind of like a it's very tense this movie because it's if you don't know the story of Macbeth it's fairly simple a king gets told that he will be king and then he actually makes that happen because he just wants to act on it and then eventually he's kind of paranoid and eventually that leads to his own downfall so um again they they structure it or frame it in a way or not not they Joe Cohen one half of the Cohen brother he he structured it in a way where it feels like a modern thriller even though everyone's dressed in kind of medieval garbs and a very medieval setting oh again it's it's just something about this film that's very fascinating because of the dreamlike quality of it and that's one thing that we took away from this that we absolutely love because. We're definitely going to rewatch this because of just how how interesting this movie was shot and made. Because it was all indoors and they didn't shoot anything outside. It was all on the soundstage and it just was super, super interesting. So, The Tragedy of Macbeth is directed and with a screenplay written by Joel Cohen. And it is based on Macbeth by William Shakespeare. And it stars Denzel Washington, Francis McDormand, Bertie Carvel. Alex Hassel, Corey Hawkins, Harry Melling, and Brendan Gleeson. And also a shout-out to Catherine Hunter, who plays the Three Witches and the Old Man, which is, she's fantastic because of how low her voice can be. It's to the point where it's horrifyingly kind of scratching your ears, and it's, it's fantastic. If you... If you don't have any intention to watch it, at least listen to her voice and you can kind of get a feel of that voice in the trailer for this film. And it's at least at the very least watch the trailer for The Tragedy of Macbeth because it kind of showcases how her vocal range is absolutely insane. So, yeah, this film is available to watch in theaters, but the limited um theatrical release has been up so it actually came out on christmas and and we were just lucky to catch it right before it left theater so if you do want to watch it it will be available to you to watch on the apple tv plus streaming service as of right now so check it out if you're interested we definitely highly recommend it but if not at the very least watch the trailer for it because you just get a feel of of the vibe of that film and it's fantastic next film is a journal for Jordan and a little logline for you right here. First Sergeant Charles Monroe King 
before he is killed in action in Baghdad, spoiler, authors a journey for his son intended to tell him how to live a decent life despite growing up without a father. So, this film is based actually on a story by Dana Candy, and it kind of, in a way, is like a biopic, and it just recounts the life of Dana and her husband, Charles King, and it's just a very, very kind of touching love story about how from you know you you witness the the birth of the relationship to to the end uh, or at least kind of unfortunate end for for one person and and kind of the lessons you 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 learn growing up or it, it's kind of structured it's not and it's a structured in a non-linear format so you kind of were a little bit confused but then you eventually understood oh okay so they're going back and forth for for certain parts for certain parts for the effectiveness of what they're trying to say but overall this is basically just showing how how strong love can be and that there's nothing stronger or no force that's stronger than love on on earth and between human beings and that love can be the driving force but for a lot of things and it's it's something that that should always be cherished cherished because you know it's it's precious and yeah it's kind of hits you in the feels this movie so we'll 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 leave it at that but it's it's a great great film if you want to you know cry one out or just witness the beautifulness that is Michael B Jordan but yeah a journal for jordan is directed by Denzel Washington with a screenplay by Virgil Williams and it is based on A Journal for Jordan colon A Story of Love and Honor by Dana Kennedy and it stars Michael B. Jordan and Chante Adams. So yeah, you can check out this film. It is only in theaters and we're actually not sure if it's in theaters by the time of this recording. So if you want to check it out, you know, just... Uh, you know, check it out and let us know what you think. So, so yeah. So the last movie, <laughs> not really a movie, but last movie is Bo Burnham or Inside. So a little logline for you is a musical comedy special shot and performed by Bo Burnham alone over the course of a very unusual year. So this this movie or comedy special or whatever you would like to classify it as was shot over the pandemic so we assume this is probably the 2020 year and probably shot over the summer into the fall of 2020 and yeah it just shows a man descending into madness because of just the world is on fire outside and there's some very meta commentary about certain things some politics sometimes mental illness and it's it's great sometimes about social media and just you know some more personal things and it's great it hits on all topics that we all felt might have been kind of in jeopardy like uh in, in and in jeopardy as in like kind of like oh is this gonna go down the the route of something's gonna go wrong during the pandemic and it hits on all those notes and how 
how to take care of yourself, basically, kind of like a PSA on, hey, you know, just be good to yourself. Everyone's in the same same boat and we can all get through this together. But, you know, in the meantime, we made or Bo Burnham said, hey, I made this for you. And, you know, have a laugh at it and try to put a smile on your face. And it's it's absolutely fantastic. Music and the songs in this, fantastic. We're actually thinking about probably buying the the vinyl record for this because of just how how great it is. And vinyl because of the preservation of the quality of the songs. But, yeah, it's it's great. Some of the first song you hear is just like it hooks you in and you're like, all right, I'm good. And we'll, we'll say that. We'll leave it at that. So... Bo Burnham, Inside, get ready for the credits for this. Directed, written, and starring, and a cinematography by, edited, and music by, all Bo Burnham. So he he did everything, which, from a standpoint of someone who didn't go to film school but wants to do something like this, absolutely fantastic and an absolute just monster of a man and very inspirational so Bo Burnham did everything he directed he wrote it he started it he shot it or framed it he edited it and the music was also by him so he's a he's a triple threat or like a quadruple threat or uh, whatever five 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 tool whatever it's called he's fantastic and yeah, we're probably going to watch this for years to come because of just how funny it is, how sad it is, and how weird it is, and we love it. It, it hits all, it hits everything. It gives you a taste of everything. And yeah, it, it's, we can't, we'll, we might even do an episode on this because of how, how special this is because this is something that you don't see normally and it's from, yeah, it's from a great perspective and we absolutely love it. So, but yeah, that is it for our not so 60 second review. So, after all that praising for Bo Burnham, let's move on to another subject and talk about our main event, our entree of the evening, our As Seen on a Saturday Night, which is a segment where we pick one film every week or pick one film or TV season every week and do deep dive spoiler talks, some interesting points and some commentary or reactions to it, and more importantly, our recap of said film or TV season. So this week, the film we chose is called Oxygen. And it's plain and simple. It's just called Oxygen. And it was released on Netflix. And it is a French film. So if you are ready, would you like to take a dive into this film? And let's do our recap. So a woman wakes up in a medical cryogenic pod and is alerted that the oxygen levels are depleting rapidly by Milo, who is the, that's abbreviation, Medical Interface Liaison Officer, Milo. The pod's AI, the woman cannot recall who she is or how she got there, or any memory before being awakened in the pod. So she requests Milo to open the pod to leave, but is denied because of the lack of an administration code. So the woman contacts emergency services and discovers the pod unit she is in with information she provided, which is the model number and the serial number, that it was destroyed three years ago. So the woman uses Milo to look for clues about her past through photos and articles. And the woman discovers her name is Elizabeth Hansen. And she is a cryogenic doctor. And 
Elizabeth discovers that she has a husband named Leo, and upon further searching, finds out his contact number and gives him a call. So a woman answers and sounds confused when em- uh, when Elizabeth calls and hangs up. So as the oxygen levels continue to fall, she begins to hallucinate and tries to pry open the pod to no avail. So she receives a call back from emergency services, but is suspicious of them for withholding information from her. So she cuts off connections and she cuts off connections from them and she discovers that they are gaslighting her. So the woman calls back and tells Elizabeth that her husband, Leo, is dead and gives her the admin code after kind of like a brief back and forth of just like, I want the code. But advises Elizabeth to not open the pod or she will die. So Elizabeth enters the code and then starts to float without gravity. So the woman explains that Elizabeth has been placed in a hypersleep for a 34-year journey to a planet 14 light years away. And her mission is to colonize that planet as mankind will be extinct very soon due to a virus taking most of the Earth's population, including Elizabeth's husband, Leo. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? Heartbroken with the truth, Elizabeth also deduces that she was awakened due to a processor overheating and must direct all non-essential function processors to essential function processors to survive the trip, but fails due to it exceeding capacity. So, with oxygen levels fading and time running out, Elizabeth prepares to open the pod to end her life, but is deterred when she discovered Leo is also in a hypersleep, along with 10,000 other pods on the same spaceship. Elizabeth notices that the Leo that is in that pod lacks a scar that he previously had. So, upon further investigation, with a video presented by an elderly-looking version of Elizabeth, reveals that Elizabeth is a genetic clone. So this clone has been injected with the personality and the memories of the original Elizabeth. And the woman that has been speaking with her, the one that gave her the admin codes, is the elderly version of Elizabeth and the original one back on Earth. So Milo activates a euthanasia protocol to due to the zero chance of survival for the clone, but she is able to deactivate it and successfully divert the functions of the processors and put back into hypersleep. And the film ends with a scene of the clones of Elizabeth and Leo embracing each other on the new planet. So, we know we kind of glossed over some facts, uh, such as the, the two big reveals, and there's a reason for that because we wanted to make it as brief as we can. But this film had two levels of revelations that kind of shocked us when we first watched it. So first one being that, one, where is she? Like, So when when you first watch the movie, you kind of get the sense, okay, so she's stuck in a pod. Maybe she is being experimented on or kind of monitored for some kind of scientific reason. But when it's revealed that she's like 14,000 miles away or just way too far away from earth that was the first big reveal and then after that the second reveal being that she's actually a clone and she's only 12 years old that was the other revelation that kind of got us and 
we definitely did not predict it. And, you know, it, it was able to hide these revelations pretty well. But you could, upon multiple rewatch, this is actually our third or second time watching it. You kind of saw where this was going, but it still made for a great revelation and definitely didn't diminish the quality of this film. So there's a couple of things we actually want to talk about for this film that we thought were important. So the first one is something that was done very well which is the kind of claustrophobic, tense, and thrilling atmosphere that this film gave off. Which, And for most of the movie, we want to say 95% of the movie, it was all taking place inside the pod. You can kind of excuse the other 5% because it's actually just flashbacks and kind of brief snippets of life, her previous life. Or in, this, in that context, it's kind of the original Elizabeth's uh, life because... The clone has the memories of the original Elizabeth. But other than that, it just takes place in this very tiny, tight pod. And just imagine, you know, sleeping on a bed. And you have about a clearance of two feet on top of you. And that's about it. And this pod is probably for about no a person no taller than six feet. And it's very uncomfortable, but it was very well shot and a lot of close-ups of her face, of her body, and her appendages. And it just made for a very claustrophobic experience. So if you are claustrophobic, you might not enjoy this film because of just how how tight some of the shots are. But it also gives you just... just The film does a great job of giving you the sense of... She's not comfortable in there, and she wants to. She wants to get out, and and yeah, that that's the first thing we wanted to talk about, and it's it just does a great job of giving that sense of very close and hard to breathe, and also the thrilling kind of sense, which you you don't know what's happening. Like if this is your first watch through, it's kind of you kind of uh, you're kind of scared for her because you root for her so much, like. You kind of get to at first. You you kind of get to know her, and you get a sense of oh, she's probably she's pro- she's an innocent person that you know is in this situation, and we don't know why. And you kind of want to empathize for her because you know she she looks like she's a good person. She she doesn't do uh, the wrong thing. She's she's trying to do what's right. She's a scientist. She's smart, and and you want to root for her. And then when you find out that she's a clone, you're like, okay, okay, we we definitely want to root for her. And like things don't look good. Oxygen level is depleting, and her chance of making it to the the new planet is very slim. And then you're like, okay, let's see if she can. We're rooting for her, and it, it keeps you on the edge of your seat until actually the very last minute so the structure of this is actually very interesting in terms of there's no big third act like showdown it's just from first second from the first second or the first minute to about five minutes before the film ends or before the credits roll you get a sense that oh she might not make it and and they do a good job of keeping it up and kind of escalating it and it's a great great feeling if you're into that kind of adrenaline rushing adrenaline rush kind of thing but uh, we, we definitely didn't enjoy it because we we're super stressed when we were watching it and we were rooting for for elizabeth so another thing that we actually want to talk about is very briefly because we we always love mentioning it when it when it's a thing and that's the single setting films that we love so if you can't tell this film only takes place in 
the the cryogenic pod with of course brief flashbacks but for the most part in that cryogenic pod and you know we love that kind of storytelling because the limitations always make for the best kind of content and you know you whenever you're limited that's when you're pushed creatively and we love to see that kind of stuff so we'll We'll, we'll get off that topic because you, if if you are a regular listener, you know that we love that kind of stuff. But if you don't, this is just another regurgitation that we love single setting films because of just how how creatively people can get with that kind of limitations. So the third thing we actually want to talk about is probably the biggest one, and that is kind of the ethics of cloning and. There's kind of like, we'll start with the side plot that we actually want to talk about. So there's a side plot that we actually didn't mention too much in the recap that involves Elizabeth having some hallucinations of rats in the pod. They're not there at all. It's just her hallucinations. And it senses, it represents the sort of guilt that the, that she has as a scientist because she was testing. It kind of flashes back that she tests on lab rats uh, for, I guess, the cloning kind of feel that she's in and she kind of has mixed feelings about treating the rats with such kind of nonchalantly or whatever way is to describe that she actually didn't care about the rats but she did she felt a sort of guilt that you know we're advancing our species but we have to kind of push down another to do so and that guilt just kind of got to her and and again this is t- this is happening to the clone that's uh, reliving this and it's not even her because you get the sense that during this film that she feels guilty but she doesn't know why because there's a point in the film where she says that's not me it's not me I didn't do this she was saying it to the rat uh, the rats that she experimented on and that she hallucinated in the in the pot so she gets this she feels the guilt it wasn't her that did it. it wasn't physically her that did it so there's kind of that that conscience of why, why am i getting punished for something that i didn't physically do because it's not my physical body that did it and that's sort of kind of they and they don't touch upon it too much but they just kind of gloss over it which is fine because that's not the the actual point of the film but um it's it's just a nice little touch that it 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 talks about how the ethics of cloning can have serious consequences if you if you really think about it and is cloning really such a good idea it and that's up for debate and we're not the place for do that to do that but you know it it's it's a nice little side plot that was kind of talked about and shed some light on but not too much light on so the main thing about this is just i guess the perseverance of oneself when in such a dire situation and you know she has no one to rely on except herself because police emergency contact services were kind of gaslighting her and we should also mention that she was put on this mission to colonize the planet and they didn't want the emergency services that she contacted actually was gaslighting her because they didn't want the the public to freak out that the virus will eventually take over the planet so it's already assumed on that planet on in that world's planet or in that earth in the movie's earth that it's they're doomed civilization is doomed and that's why they're carrying out this plan to launch all these clones to a new planet to start new life and 
and yeah, they don't want people to like, why didn't you put us on the on the ship and and stuff like that. So just world chaos if, is what they don't want to descend into. And the police services or emergency services were definitely in the wrong to gaslight her because you know she. Although we don't know if she, if they were aware she was a clone, but still that there was someone in distress and you know she needed help and they didn't, they weren't able to help her, which kind of sucks because again it's the feeling of you're rooting for her because we've been with this, we've been with Elizabeth for a long time at this point, I believe half an hour, and you're like, okay, we're rooting for her, so we hopefully she makes it out and you know doesn't die and she doesn't, but you know. That's that's the whole point, and yeah, it's just this this film is a great showcase of just how human perseverance is is one of the strongest things other than love um, to to just things that we need. Other than that, this film we we enjoyed because of just the simple premise of of just a person trying to to make it through another day. And I mean, essentially isn't that what most movies are about? Try just trying to live another day, but in this case. And that, you know what? Forget all that talk. We're, we're we're getting in ahead of ourselves and we don't want to make things more complicated than our head is already going through, but yeah. So, th- I mean, that's about it for this week's I seen on Saturday night. But before we wrap wrap things up, let's talk about some of the MVPs and some trivia. So, MVP there's only one that we can give this to, and even if there was someone else that we could give it to, it wouldn't go to them. It would go to this one person, and that is Melanie Laurent, who is who plays Elizabeth Hansen, the, the main star of the show, and we mostly see her face for the 95% of the film, and yeah, she's excellent. She She's able to kind of show a kind of vulnerability in a kind of newborn, essentially, and also the maturity of someone who has lived a long life on earth so that that was that was very unique that you kind of have to have a kind of flip of the coin kind of thing so but yeah well deserved melanie laurent for the mvp of this week's as seen on saturday night so trivia wise not too much to talk about but there is one that's very interesting so the planet that they were going to colonize on is called wolf 1061 or wolf 1061 c it's actually a it's an actual super earth exoplanet that was discovered in 2015 and according to nasa's website the planet the planet is 14 light years away from earth and has an orbital period of 17.9 days and its mass is 3.14 Earths with an estimated gravity of 1.66 of Earth. So all that information is actually said in the film. So we're actually kind of uh, impressed that they actually use that information into the film. And that it's an actual planet. So, you know, that sounds cool. 17 days sounds very short for a year. But, you know, it's it's what it is. And looks for a very interesting planet to go we're never probably going to go there but who knows and the, the last we should say the last shot of the film is on this planet and we're just trying to figure out where they actually filmed that because it looks beautiful and it does look off-world and otherworldly and it's very impressive and beautiful backdrop so we have we have that to say about that but yeah that that's it for the trivia there's not that much but if you do want to check it out there's two more on the film's imdb page so with that, Oxygen 
is directed by Alexandra Aja, with a screenplay written by Christy LeBlanc, and it stars Melanie Laurent, Matthew Amalric, and Malik Zidi. And it is available for you to watch on the Netflix streaming service, so check it out if you are interested in watching it. So, that is it for this week's As Seen on a Saturday Night. So, let's move on to the next thing before we close out the show. It's the last thing we want to talk about, and that is this week's Charity Foundation. And this week's is Women Who Code. So, a little bit about their mission and their vision. So, their mission is to inspire women to excel in technology careers. And their vision is to envision a world where women are proportionally represented as technical leaders, executives, founders, VCs, board members, and software engineers. So, if you want to learn more about Women Who Code, you can visit their website, womenwhocode.com. We'll have all their information in the show notes, so check it out. You know, spread the word about the good work that they do over there. You know, learn more about what they do. And, and yeah, more importantly, just spread the word about them because we love to see this kind of stuff. So with that, you know, it's time to close out the show. And, you know, thank you again to those who are listening. And if you aren't already, you know, stay subscribed or following us or liking us or, you know, get notified of when new episodes drop, uh, which is usually every Tuesdays. So yeah, get notified of when that happens. But yeah, thank you again for those who are listening. And you know, we can't do that without you guys. So if you can just spread the word about our podcast, because it's a safe space for you to kind of, you know, talk amongst yourselves about what what movies are and, you know, just trying to get some clarification on the type of content we saw, you know, this is a safe place for us to have any questions and feelings we have about stuff that we've seen. And, you know, we're not always the most uh, concise person to talk about films and TVs, but, you know, that's why we made this because it's a place for us to kind of speak into the ether and see see who can relate and, you know, join in our discussion of of said films and TV shows. So, yeah, if you, as always, want to continue any discussions or topics that we talked about today, you can always do so by hitting us up on the Twitters and the Instagrams, and that is at WDIJWPOD, that is on the Instagrams and the Twitters. We welcome all sorts of discussions and topics. doesn't have to be film and TV related. It can be anything. But film and TV is what we mainly focus on. So, But yeah, that is it for this week's episode. So, so thank you again for listening. And we'll leave you with this, which is stay safe, be kind, and we'll talk to you next week.